This podcast is brought to you by Cash App, the easiest way to send, spend, save, as well as invest. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances, with your people, and if you ask me, DJ Them Jeans, that's money. So in the spirit of things that are so fucking money, here's how Chris Black stays connected with his people. I love staying connected to my motherfucking people, Jason, and just last week uh, in New York City, I was at um, Hotspot Corner Bar at the Nine Orchard Hotel, and um, the check trying to get a res there. I know it's tough. Let me know next time. And I was, you know, I was, uh, I was trying to split the check with my homies. Awkward, very awkward. Somehow, when the machine came around, someone paid twice. Jason and they probably didn't even get cocktails. They exactly. And it, it, for once in my life, it wasn't me. But what do you think we did to remedy this situation? Well, I mean, they have a bunch of apps that people use for splitting the bill and stuff like that. But we all know we can't really do that because it's uh, it's bad. So, I mean, hopefully you use Cash App for that. I told my friend who was hungover and already doing coke to bang my Cash App, and uh, he was able to uh, reimburse me for my double payment, and um, I felt pretty good about it, and the money came immediately, so I was able I was able to take an Uber Black home. Whether you're sharing a perfect day in an Uber Black XL Lux with friends, sending, spending, saving, investing, splitting, tipping, donating, gifting... The number one finance app in the App Store is Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store, Google Play Store today. Add your cash tag to the 80 million appers and counting. Them jeans. Them jeans. What's up? How Long Gone is back. If you just are listening to us for the second time because you discovered us from our 1975 episode, welcome all um, depressed 19-year-olds. Thank you for joining us on How Long Gone. You won't stay long. If you have a 1975 tattoo, go ahead and shut this podcast off now, um, and we'll just see kind of who's left uh, after the bodies are sorted out. Jason... How are you feeling? Because I've had a crazy morning, Chief. Ooh, I'm feeling okay. Yesterday, I was able to do, you know, you do three a days. I did a, I did a, or two a day. I did a three a day yesterday. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling good and sore. Okay. 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 Hold on. A dog walk doesn't count. So what <laughs> did you actually do? Because I'm, I'm confused. I know you have a lot of free time, but still. There, of course, there was a dog walk and I try to get my sporty and rich dog walk in every morning. I think it's good for not only the body, mm-hmm. but also the mind. I don't know if you can wrap your head around that theory. But I'm I'm more focused on soul, uh, oh. something that I don't think you have. But I, you know, I have so much more soul than you, Chris, and I'm not even a soldier. <laughs> oh, don't do not slander the killers on this podcast. You know, I will not stand for it. That's right. only slander if you want it to be, Chris. Just something to think about. <laughs> Take a look at the man in the mirror when you're talking about. Uh, oh, now we're gonna now we're gonna reference Michael Jackson. This is a bad day for you, Jason. Keep going. Look, I know that a lot of stereo gum listeners are listening to this episode right now, so I have to sort of appeal to that demographic. Um, yeah, yeah the, the, I'll have to let them know that music <laughs> is life, <laughs> not just for you. Yeah, if it's if it if it involves pavement, then it's life. Everything else is just details. The the morning was like a kind of like a stretch sesh, you know, movement work. Mm-hmm. I got the bands, like I'm I'm doing the lunges and I'm blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and then um, I went and hit some some balls on the lobster, mm-hmm. and then after that, I went to the gym and had a pump. Okay, that's and then a sauna. I'm proud of you. That sounds great. <laughs> It was great. You should be proud. I'm jealous. I got, I got up on my um, 40th birthday and did a 6.30 a.m. workout with Hunter uh, where he uh, tried to uh, injure me, it felt like, with some of the <laughs> weights that he was suggesting. but He tried to add a few more years on to your was, already he, aging he, body. He was adding years and plates. You know Ooh, what I'm saying? Damn, okay. So it was, uh, it, was a, it was a tough combo. My legs were torched. But luckily, Shinobu came over in the afternoon to kind of give me a B-Day rubdown. Oh, <laughs> Um, did he do the special spa- the special spot again? He did the special spot again, which this time seemed to be between my shoulders, which now is feeling bruised and immobile today after he right. put his... For our listeners at home, when he said shoulders, it was uh, obviously an air quote, but you guys can't see that. It's <laughs> yeah, an audio-based yeah. podcast. Yeah, it's in my shoulders. It's between my shoulders, wink, wink. Do not, do not 
don't lead people to believe when he says it's between my shoulders he means it's, it was between my gutters and take that for what you will however <laughs> you want to take that for that. what you will but yeah i uh but that's good you had it you sounds like you're doing your 40th the right way man i know and then we we finished with the little john and Vinny's bad boy dinner uh oh and you know luckily i was able to somehow finish my uh Finish my gym lettuce salad, even though Kodak Black was hurting my ears. Uh, <laughs> Look, but, if you know, you're hearing Kodak at John and Vinny's, consider that a blessing. It could be a lot worse. That's the best you could. Yeah, at least it's not Kanye West. But the thing about it that I think is funny is that Alex pointed this out. She was like, this might be the only restaurant in the world where I'd rather sit in the shed than inside <laughs> because you can't hear you can't hear the hip-hop and i was like damn that's really that's a great point that is a great point and i may agree i may agree with that i think the goal is to one day get to the point where you're so powerful that you can walk into john and Vinny. this this transcends kim k and and skeet you know Mm -hmm. this is this is real power where you're like uh just I'm going to pick the music in here or just like, just turn it off. Turn it and down. They're like, yes. He, yes. Right away. Mr. Black, Mr. Black, anything for you. But yeah. Um, but then because of my, uh, torch schedule today, I had to run this morning at five thirty AM. Jason, I was out on the streets. <laughs> I was, I was out on the streets in, in pitch black darkness. And, um, I have to say, it was absolutely mm. incredible. Your life is not a movie. Your life sounds like an REM video. But. It, it, it was. Yeah, I didn't cry, weirdly, um, but it did. I, I did feel like I was hovering above Earth. Interesting. So are you saying this may have been where soul meets body? <laughs> oh, don't do that, Jason, but it might be. Damn, Jason. Is <laughs> you such, know I didn't want to do it. Uh, but we do have some important topics to cover, not just my 40th birthday or um, our fitness routines, but um, Roger Federer. Uh, who um, in his later years, unfortunately, has been wearing the ugliest shoe ever made. Um, is, is, he, is he on boys? Or what is it? He's, he's on boys. Uh, he oh. is, uh, we, he's retiring from the game of tennis. Uh, one of the best players of all time, a beautiful stroke. Um, we're sad yeah, to see he's him always go. Been, he was always my favorite kind of legacy pro to watch. I always liked his style and, and identified with it. I'm glad you, I'm glad you identify with it because you don't mimic it in any way, but I guess you've still no, got, some, you got, no, some no, time, no. you got some time to work on that. I'm also bad at the net. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, with, with his retirement comes hopefully the retirement of on runnings foray into tennis onto the court. We're going to pray for that, but on running is the new and one and we can't wait until nike shuts them down mm, exactly great great documentary reference and another yeah, news um twink of the century timothy chamelet is on the cover of british <laughs> vogue uh and jason pointed out that it looks like an late 80s cover of marie claire he can't just place it uh and i i think that's a very very astute thank you uh, observation but in, in terms of cropping of the image it, down to the hairstyle he has the hairstyle of you know, some of our older listeners might, rec- you know, like a, a character, a, a female lead from Dynasty or Love Boat is, is somewhere that, that our man Timothy is resembling. Yes, I, I just don't like it. And I think that I had this. So I did this business of fashion. Maybe designing women. Yeah, it's very designing women. I did this. I did this <laughs> business of fashion uh, kind of uh, live panel on Zoom um, earlier this week. Shout out to all the BOF members. It was, you guys, it, was, you guys it was really fun, actually. Um, and it was with this guy, Chris Morency, who um, is, is, is like running this thing called Vanguard's Group, which owns several brands. And then yeah. uh, Daniel, who wrote a story about, about the menswear market. We reported that the menswear market was sizzling it's, hot. It's motherfucking. Just days before. It's motherfucking on fire. We had to break it down even further. And we and Timothy got brought up. And, and I was like, well, the thing that people aren't realizing is that even if he's, you know, gender fluid and bending the rules and blah, blah, blah. He looks bad. And I think we need to prioritize. <laughs> like, why can't we just say he like, it's okay to swing and miss like Harry. When Harry's on stage wearing that shit, it like makes sense. Cause he's on stage mm-hmm. when he's walking mm-hmm. on the street wearing it, he looks bad. Like it's okay. When he's at the Panera drive through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When he's at the Panera drive through in garden Grove with a sequin blouse. <laughs> yeah. The sequin blouse. There's a moment. It's like anything else. It's like, if you see a woman wearing an insane, you know, outfit in the middle of the day, you're like, that looks bad. That's inappropriate. Why can't mm-hmm. we say that? Why these guys <laughs> don't, they can't look good all the time in a backless hater Ackerman top. <laughs> like that's not like, yeah, well, that was that the red, the red, good. all red getup that you were talking about. And somebody yeah, said that they the, look like a, he looks like a real housewife who just 
arrived at his um, surprise birthday party that he planned for himself. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, though. It's like, it's like and not what even. What are a, you guys doing here? But yeah, I just think it's okay to say like Timothy Chamolet has looked bad every time he has been in front of a camera for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Like even when he wasn't trying, he would look bad in a different way. And I, I just right. like at least with Harry, like you see Harry on Instagram when he's recording the album and he's wearing like jeans and a T-shirt and he looks cool. Yeah, I, I guess without without anyone critiquing or feeling like they have an open forum to discuss and critique something, these stars will never learn. You know, if if they're never if it's um, if it's uh, offensive to look at the game tape and be like, yeah, hey, like we why made can't... some mistakes here on our on our hemline? Maybe we yeah. can just change the color up here. Purple's not good for your eyeshadow. Whatever it is, that's how when you learn. Gay baiting goes is more important. Gay baiting is prioritized over actually looking good. I think we've I think we've yeah we found a problem. And speaking of looking at the man in the mirror, <laughs> yeah, I I <laughs> this is making obviously I've had multiple breakdowns when I've realized this and and I'm kind of coming to terms with it. Um, and I also will be kind of changing my look and I will be going back to kind of a classic, uh, working class stolen valor in the near future. Okay. Um, so thank you for your counsel, Jason. Trend it's alert. been helpful. First one's free. First one's free. The next time there'll be an invoice on the other end of it. N- negging me has finally paid off for you after all these years of being Hey, friends. negging me has pin- paid off for you too, but that's right. on that's a, right. on a, on a headier note in, on the subject of gay baiting, it kind of, as as we're sort of entering, this is sort of like the first or second, you know, 1.0, 2.0 of the world of gay baiting, uh-huh. you know, and in mass. Uh-huh. And I think we're starting to see a trend where, like, you know, somebody like Chalamet, he might be gay baiting because somebody told him to, you know, like a PR team or a management, or just he had the smarts to do it. But people might start realizing like are are you is your gay baiting rooted in commerce are you doing it because you feel like oh i can make a lot of money off of my gay baiting Mm. the gay market will will love me and i'll be able to find Uh success there Uh versus you know a pure traditional gay baiting of just like i'm just a straight guy (laughs) who enjoys the um Mm -hmm. the adoration of of a gay person of a gay man you know like the way the way a gay person enjoys me it feels good and that's it i would never gay bait for profit and you know that jason don't you know what i mean that's- I, 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 I worry i mean i i want to <laughs> think that's true chris i want to think that's true but i think that we both might be guilty of it and it's time we you know okay. we do a little spring cleaning okay no look i'm glad and think about what we have done and haven't done and who we haven't done more importantly yeah we're going to talk about this i mean i was hoping to bait fully into getting maybe like a grinder advertisement but i guess that's not going to happen we do have a guest today sniffies is paying attention sniffies is looking uh we do have a guest today jason we're going with the triple og ben gibbard you know him from death cab for cutie uh, your favorite band for the last 20 years. You also know him from Jason's favorite band. Postal Service. Uh, the Postal Service. Wow, I blanked on it. Uh, it's that's okay. Much, I'll clean it up in post. That's how much I like Death Cab for Cutie. Uh, but Gibbard, you know, they got a new album coming out. Uh, Asphalt Meadows is actually out uh, tomorrow. Um, so oh, we're getting this is him. good timing. Yeah, this is great timing. Uh, Gibbard has been running 100 miles at a time. Uh, he's a sober king. Um, he's, mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's, the, he's written many songs that we all know the words to, um, and he chooses to live, he chooses to live in Washington, which I think is an interesting, interesting mm-hmm. thing about him. It must be a tax thing. Yeah. And I want to talk about his, his head of hair as well, you know, just getting into the important, how long gone stuff. So let's, uh, he's had a lot of evolutions over the years. No, he's, he's had a lot of great haircuts in the public eye. So let's, uh, let's give Ben he's a had a lot of haircuts in the public eye. <laughs> I don't know why that's making me laugh. Thank you for joining us today on How Long Gone, Ben Gibbard. Um, what's up, bro? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm just uh, in Los Angeles telling everybody that will listen that we have a new record coming out. Yeah, yeah. We usually don't. We usually don't catch guys like you, you know, in this in the heat of things. You know what I mean? So the fact that How Long Gone, um, probably your favorite podcast, is kind of smashed between other interviews. Um, it does feel oh, yeah, it feels good. You you got Kimmel after this and Fallon and all that stuff. I'm assuming. Yeah, you know, I'm out here talking all these assholes, you know. But I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm like finally I get to fucking talk to talk to you guys. You know, it's like a highlight of the week. Talk to a couple of different assholes. Different assholes. <laughs> they, they, they're they're uglier versions of the guys that have TV shows. Uh, that's kind of what podcasting that's is. That's not true. That's, that's what true. that's what podcasting is. That's not true. Um, <laughs> 
But I know, so you're in the throes of things right now. But I, you know, when we, we, you and I were emailing earlier this summer, and you were you were going on a holiday to Europe, I believe. Did you make that mistake as well, Ben? Yeah, we hate travel, so I just want to see how it. <laughs> I just, you know, because I, I, you said that you were you. I, I can't remember how you worded it to me exactly, but you, you said that you were. It was like a vacation, but you were also going to be running. Yeah, it's it's. I, I I do this perverse hobby where I run long, stupid distances in the mountains, uh-huh. and uh, most of my vac- most of my vacations uh, tend to involve that as at least a component. So my wife and I were in uh, we went, we were in Copenhagen for a couple of days, and then we were in Chamonix, France, for ten days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I mean, we would like hike and run all day, and then come back and just crush food. And sit in like very nice uh, pools of water and and, okay. and so on. Okay, all right. So. <laughs> so your vacation sounds better than ours because ours had like we had to move a lot and Italian food is bad. You know how it goes. So <laughs> so you're saying to me that so you found a wife that is into the same perverse shit you're into. Is that what you're saying? Or did you slowly break her down over the years yes. and get her to to participate in your ultra marathon running? Uh, I have a wife who is very tolerant and supportive of this done habit and mm-hmm. can be bribed with wine. Mm. So, okay. you know, if, if, if she, I can bribe her with, wine and uh and nice hotels and spas along the way yeah uh, she's more than willing to participate i mean she's run a couple she's run a couple ultra marathons okay uh you know she likes hiking and being out in the mountains and stuff so you know we kind of like we kind of settle into a, a, a conversational hiking pace when we're out there and then i <laughs> okay. go off and do my own okay this is this is cool because i like the fact because i also like to buy my way out of problems and difficult <laughs> situations um so i think that we we have that in common because i do think something that most people can relent to is a nice hotel you know especially in a foreign land 100 percent, yeah and and you know it's like they're you know it's like i i feel like we kind of toggle my wife and i toggle between like this highbrow lowbrow existence mm-hmm. where you know we're it's like let's go out and get really filthy in the mountains and you know eat weird food and then let's come back into the city and put on nice clothes and and be bougie as mm-hmm. fuck you know right right let's let's shit in the woods and then go into the uh 10,000 shit uh, thread count sheets at the mandarin oriental yep that's 100 percent my life that is what my life is yes <laughs> it's a it's an amazing way to live and i also like uh there, there are some similarities because chris himself he also you know is a sober uh workout maniac like yourself and his his life partner is not sober but uh, I like the way that you've sort of, you know, do you have any tips on how to sort of manage and wrangle that? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you're, you're bribing her with uh, with the poison of alcohol, which I think is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. But uh, any other, any you know, any speed bumps along the way to get to where you're at now? Before you make any suggestions, I would like to say <laughs> that I think that we're probably in different tax brackets. So kind of consider that. You, you know what I mean? Just, just Chris, there's a lot of, I have a lot of great bottles in the 20 range, if that's better for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank, thank and you, they Jason. are available thank by you. the glass. Yeah. Okay. Good. I, you know, I think, uh, I think, I think the one piece of advice that I would I give to people is like, you can. I, I believe you can be a sober person with somebody who, who drinks so long as they are not a heavy drinker to alcoholic. You know. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And and you know, I I, I got sober in well California sober in 2008. I quit drinking and um and and I and I kind of like had this. I kind of had this like. I, I, you know, I had had other friends get sober and they'd kind of go into this tactic where like, if you walked into a room, there could be no alcohol anywhere for anybody to have. Mm-hmm. And as a musician in a band with other people who, you know, drink socially and stuff like that, that just felt like a really ridiculous ask. And so I felt like when, when Rachel yeah. and I got together, it was kind of like, yeah, you know, like, it's like, I'm not going to bring my bullshit I'm the one with the drinking problem, not you. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, my, I, I'm a pretty, I was, I'm a pretty like, you know, all or nothing person if the ultra running is not any indication. <laughs> so when I quit, I just went cold turkey and was just like, you know what? I'm not doing this again. And I haven't since. So. God bless. Amazing. Well, so what did you, so this, this ultra running shit, cause like, you know, like, I, like Jason said, I'm a pretty extreme athlete myself, but this, the shit you're doing sounds like dangerous, bro. If I'm being honest, like, <laughs> have you had some touching, have you had to be airlifted out of any mountain region ranges or are you good? Like, h- how do you prepare yeah, for Yeah, Has this? anyone ever wrapped your body in aluminum foil? <laughs> 
You know, I've, I've never had to be airlifted, knock on wood. Um, you know, I carry a, like a, a transponder, like a Garmin in reach with me when I go into the backcountry. Shit. And uh, Let's you go. gotta make sure that you're at, with someone else. Um, you know, I've had, so, I've had a couple, uh, you know, wild animal run-ins, but nothing <laughs> that involved like a fist fight or anything oh. um, with the animal in question. Uh, thankfully, they knew that, they, they knew better than to fuck with me you know yeah you don't you, I'm, I'm, I'm a i'm a i'm a grizzly bear i don't want to be staring yeah. down the business and barrel of a ben gibbard coming right at me you kidding me yeah you really don't and i think you know the word is out in the, the word is out in the grizzly <laughs> community you know I, it's what i'm picking up is that sure, sure, sure. <laughs> no, 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 no not just let's just go to the next one it's just yeah, not well, worth no, it. no 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 we don't we don't no leave him alone leave him alone let's get the it's smaller just not one. worth it it's just not don't worth be a it. hero <laughs> uh that's that's a i mean like i i even forget about those challenges i just mean that i'm i'm obviously more focused on the limitations of the human body which is something that you seem to have kind of levitated above oh it's it's not so much it's not so much that it's just that you know i i'm i'm very aware of my limitations and and kind of my level of like i'm not I'm not a, I'm not an alpinist. Like I'm just a, a runner. So like yeah. I have friends who do crazy alpine shit and go deep into like, you know, climbing like Rainier twice, you know, for fun. Yeah, and and sure. that's, that's not my bag. Like I'm, I'm just like, a, I'm not, I'm just a regular average Joe who runs a hundred miles a day. Like <laughs> yeah, everyone I'm just, else. I, I'm just a normal person. I'm just a normal person. <laughs> I know you're a normal guy and you can play guitar. It's fucked up, bro. Leave some for the rest of us. Okay. Uh, now do, do you, I want to talk gear just for a second, not to get too crazy, but what are we, what footwear are we wearing? I don't, I don't want to blow up your sponsors, but what footwear are you wearing? Cause I have a lot of opinions on this. So I just wanted to see where you're at with it. Uh, my go-to trail shoe for the last year or so has been the, uh, the Brooks Cascadia, which was like mm. kind of, kind of one of the first trail shoes back in the day. And yeah. they kind of went through a period of some pretty bad design um, and kind of got lapped by a lot of the other mm. trail, like shoe companies. Nice pun. They've got like some, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they've got some, uh, they've got really great designers right now. And they're kind of, they're kind of coming back into the, in the fray okay. with, with, with some great shoes. So yeah, that's, that's my goal. And are you wearing, are, are you wearing tights? Are you wearing shorts? Like what is the, the, the story on the bottom? I'm, I'm just like a, I'm a shorts guy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm not like a Euro tights guy. I'm just like a shorts okay. And a shirt, yeah, okay. just like a, just a very, you know, no, no, nothing fancy. Okay, and how are your nipples feeling? You know what I mean? Like, are you are you doing getting a lot of chafing? Is there blood? Are you able to kind of work past that? Oh, you got to tape the nipples, my friend. You got to tape them up. That's right. I knew I knew it was coming. I use nippies. Thank you to our friends at nippies over there on Amazon.com. Um, and I'm not even running long distances. I'm just wearing funky fabrics. Let me give you a, let me give you a tip that will save you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I, Mm-hmm. is just buy a roll of like 3m durapore tape and use that instead it's so fucking okay. cheap it's like a whole okay. roll will last you two years no disrespect to the people at nippies i'm sure they're you know i don't want to be <laughs> you know taking money out of their pocket but i'm just saying like it's it's you can you can it's it's really sure. you don't need you don't need a gear specific solution to this problem you just need some like okay. 3m durapore tape will the 3m tape also work for my goth nights when i take my shirt off and kind of go that style or is it is it clear yeah see it's white so that might that might not work for okay. you yeah you're gonna okay. want to, then okay. in that okay. case you might want the good for the black lights chris maybe and uh <laughs> walk me through the nipple hair <laughs> Does the does the hair get pulled out? Are you no, hairless I've, I've down there? To, I've got I've got I'm a manly man, so you got to be careful in the positioning yeah, okay. of the tape. You got to put the positioning of the tape. You got to make sure you get it right on there, yeah. right? Otherwise, it's going to be kind of a whole thing. No, for sure. I've I've dealt with some stuff. All right, this is this is good info because I you know I like I like it when adult men have hobbies. You know what I mean? Because as a musician. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of downtime, as you know. You, you know, there's there's a lot of downtime. There's off years. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're always writing, of course. But uh, you know, if is is this your main focus, or have you really like gotten to your hobby bag as you've gotten older? Uh, do you mean like uh oh? Do you mean is running the only thing I do, or do I have other hobbies? Yeah, what else? Because I bet you got some other freaky shit going on. Let's be honest. Are you playing Angry Birds? <laughs> you know, ceramics. What's going on? You know, I mean, like, are you making bongs? I, God, I should start making bongs, shouldn't I? You know, it's like really, it's like I, you know, given the state of the music industry these days, you really need a side hustle, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe maybe bong construction uh you know artisan artisan kind of bong construction maybe i can get them on etsy or something 
uh, but only for tobacco. They're, they're only That's tobacco. Right. They're tobacco pipes. Of right? course. No, no I, of guess, course, I guess it's yeah. kind of weird because, I mean, you're, you're saying like everyone needs a side hustle because the state of the music industry, but I also think like in the state of just content in general, I feel like you went from being, you know, Ben Gibbard, a, a, a legendary musician for decades that we that we all enjoy to being like, uh, well, like once you, once everyone found out that you run a lot, then they're like, oh, like we have a thing to do a story about. And I'm sure you've got a lot of press about the running in the last few years compared to the music, unless I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, I think that the, 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 the kind of running I do is such a niche thing. Mm-hmm. I have a whole community of friends and acquaintances that I've met through the sport that I, I, I you know, it's, it's been a really nice kind of counterweight to, my identity as a musician, you know? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, and also it's like, you know, being in the music industry, you're kind of and, or being in bands, you kind of run the risk of being around people who are exactly like you all the time. And it's nice to have this hobby that kind of gets me out of my head space, yeah. gets me out of my ego as a musician and allows me just to be like a shitty runner, you know? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I get a couple of those here and there, but you know, I think at the end of the day, thankfully people, they, they, they still are interested in, at least some are interested in the music that we make. <laughs> So it's not know. necessarily a bad thing. Not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> no. So so then in like the running community, the only thing that you really have in common with your your comrades are that you're all sober, I'm assuming, or there's some type of psychological disorder that's going on. Yeah, well if we fall <laughs> into three categories. We're either uh, sober, uh like type A, you know, like advanced degrees, everything is planned to the eleventh mm-hmm. degree kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um or or they're like insane people. Like truly insane dirtbag people. That's like, or just just textbook insanity. Yeah, that's the three. You know, the, the kind of like, yeah, I live in my truck, and uh, you know, I sell grilled cheese sandwiches. That's my that's my job. And I you know, and I just I live in a trailer. That's 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 those are the three kind of types of people who Damn. do sport. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah J- Jason and I play a lot of tennis. We don't encounter a lot of van livers in our sport, so that's something that we could kind of aspire to. I sell grilled cheeses. I follow the dead, and in in the next six months, I will murder my partner. Is sort of what. My <laughs> My plan that's is. the try that's the trajectory i i um i i don't what are your feelings on uh the grateful dead ben because you know a lot of guys our age come to the all of a sudden like the grateful dead and it's something i personally cannot understand or comprehend uh, dude i'm i am 100 with you i have a lot of friends who in the last five years have like turned to me and been like have you like checked in with the Grateful Dead? Have you like really listened to Dead? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I've listened to it. No, man, but have you like really listened to it? You got to listen to Europe 72. I mean, that's what you got to listen to. And like, look, uh-huh. if you like the Grateful Dead, if people listen to this thing, love the Grateful Dead, that's fine. Like there's plenty of music out there for everybody, but I have just never given a shit about the Grateful Dead. I have tried many many times uh, you gave it you gave it a shot but you don't give a shit exactly and clearly i've tried i've tried to i've tried to and even even john mayer can't make me love them yeah my my guitar hero isn't enough to bring me into the fold well, and if john mayer can't do it who can you know exactly <laughs> exactly ben you get me bro you yeah, get me yeah exactly. exactly so yeah so i just kind of feel like eh, you know it's like they don't need me as a fan. It doesn't matter if, you know, I think like, I think I, I, I kind of, I kind of reject this idea that why should you say like, it's okay to not like something or hate something. That doesn't mean that the thing is inherently bad or valueless. It just means that you don't like it. And music is so fucking personal that like people get offended when you say you don't like them, their band, or you don't like a band that they love. And it's like, look, Millions of people love the Grateful Dead. That's great for them and the Grateful Dead. I don't have to participate <laughs> in your weird jam culture. I just don't want to do I, it. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I, I recently found out about a band called Goose. Have you ever heard of this? I have not, no. Okay, good. So I, I had... I had John Mayer did this live stream from Montana, as like a, and I watched it, and it was on this, it was on this network called Nugs.net. And I'm like, what? no, yeah, this is all real. Man, this is all real. You're a member of the music business. You should know about this. Well, cr- d- describe what nugs.net does. Chris. It just live streams jam bands, basically. And it's like it's doing very well. So I make fun of the name of it on Twitter. And then, of course, my uh, friendly followers like inform me that Goose, this young jam band, has kind of made a name for themselves by covering like Drake songs on TikTok in a jam band style oh, and then no. and then they stream their shows but they have like Trey Anastasio will like come out with them and play so they've got like the seal of approval but I just all of this was new to me and I feel like 
I was it was a, a little bit of a, a blind spot in my knowledge. Yeah, I, you know, I, I that sounds like something that would be happening right now, and <laughs> I, I have to say that you know, as much as I might be kind of like you know, I'm like I'm, I'm expressing my dislike for the Grateful Dead. You have to give it to jam bands because they have found out a way to continue touring without ever making new music. That's true. right. That's like, true. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I should, should clarify, like the new music they're making are the jams they're doing on stage. Sure. So there's not, so there's, so, so it, there's not this, necess- there's not this necessity to like, like with a band like us, who it's like, you know, yeah, we can go on a tour without a record, but really to be on the road, we, we need to have a record out. That kind of, that's kind of the criteria because we need new songs to play because we're not just going to, you know, play our old ones, but 15 minutes long with guitar solos, <laughs> That's a, which honestly, as I'm saying it, maybe we should start doing that because it doesn't sound too so bad. Honestly, it would save, it would save me a lot of work. You know? Yeah, that's a good, that's a cool idea for you guys. Just pivot to a jam band style. You know, you're not a jam band. You're just kind of co-opting the style of show. That could be good for you. I've, I've tried writing songs. It's tough. It's, it's better to do it this way. <laughs> well, and yeah, I mean, there's also like, you know, one of my favorite bands, which probably is obvious if anybody's heard our records is Build Spill. Mm-hmm. And an interesting thing has been happening with them over the last 20 years in that the jam band community has found them. Really? And they are kind of like, they're kind of like jam band adjacent because, you know, Doug can play the shit out of the guitar yeah. and likes doing these kind of long solos and stuff. So, you know, they, they, their fan base when you go to one of their shows now is this interesting amalgamation of like, indie rockers you know people my age you know who kind of grew up with them and then people who love you know widespread panic it's an odd kind of mixture and cheese as a as a lifelong uh bts fan how does that make you feel it makes me feel great for them i mean anything that keeps doug out in the world <laughs> playing music and making records and playing shows i'm good yeah. for so i you know i i i feel like I, I I long since kind of you know kind of let go of this idea of ownership of my favorite bands or artists yeah. and recognize that like yeah like you know it's like you, I think when you're young and you find when you're a teenager or a young person you find a band and they speak to you right and when you're that age you you haven't done much yet you're kind of your life's still kind of getting going so the your personality is made up of a lot of the things that you like and then and if you like obscure things that makes you uh an interesting person right Mm -hmm. but if if the if like the captain of the football team is like singing along to nirvana that that Mm -hmm. kind of throw that kind of that's kind of like a you know there's like a disconnect there between your sense of identity and individuality and you know maybe the kind of person that you do not want to associate with at that point in your in your life you know and you're like i gotta start listening to some more throbbing gristle fast because these fucking jocks <laughs> right, are yeah. my buzz these fucking yeah, jocks exactly. stole exactly. temple pilots for me this is bullshit bro <laughs> <laughs> uh have you guys you know we just had the 1975 on the podcast earlier this week um i didn't realize this they had opened for the stones and I was, you know, over the years, have you guys done a Red Hot Chili Peppers tour that I don't remember, like Wild Boy <laughs> shit like that, or or have you have you luckily U2 missed it? Maybe, yeah, I, mean, I could see a U two for you guys. We we had, we did a tour with Neil Young in two thousand eight. Um, we opened for Neil. Oh, shit, yeah, really? that was pretty amazing. We've we've toured, uh, Pearl Jam took us on tour back in the day. We actually were, this, I mean, it was a weird pairing, but we were invited to do some shows with the Stones about four or five years ago, and it was just logistically impossible and would have been fine it, it would have cost us a lot more money than we were making <laughs> and it was like yeah you know look yeah, i would yeah. love to say that we opened the rolling stones but not at the cost of tens of thousands sure, of dollars sure, you know yeah. like i could i want to have sex with emily ratajkowski but i don't want to pay for it you know what i mean yeah yeah right but it's like yeah it's like i mean i could for that price we, i could buy my entire family you know, like uh, VIP tickets and a private jet to get to the Rolling Stones concert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, you're, you're like, I can, I can meet Keith Richards another way. I don't have to lose this much money. I won't get booed that way. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, who, I mean, think, you, like, think of our band and think of us opening for the Rolling Stones and how how hated we would be in that in that context. Yeah. So. Yeah, bunch of sixty-year-old hedge fund managers being like, "What the fuck is going on here, bro?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sucks. You know, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam is another interesting. They're a jam band now. You know, they put out they put out live records all the time. Like that's a big part of their community as well. Which I I didn't see. I didn't. I'm always surprised to see that they put on a passionate live show, Chris. That's why people love. And them. They've always been marijuana adjacent as well. That, right? Yeah, that's true. They're definitely marijuana adjacent. That goes a long way in the jam community. So, uh, speaking of marijuana, you mentioned being Cali sober. 
could you explain exactly uh, your flavor of Cali Sober, please? Yeah, I'm like a, uh, I'm kind of a, the occasional indica gummy before bed kind of okay. user. Uh, you know, it's like I, I don't, I don't really like smoking that much and I don't really like being, it's weird to say this, but I don't really like enjoy being high that much, at least not when I'm mm-hmm. expected to be a functioning person. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand how people go through the world high all the time. I mean, it's, I get, you know, people do it. Right. But, um, but yeah, I'm just kind of like, it's usually like, let's put on this, like, let's put on a movie and I'm going to eat this gummy. And then mm-hmm. right when I'm starting to get a little too high, it's going to be time for bed. That's kind of my vibe. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I mean, you know, sometimes the world is just a boring place and it gets better with drugs. That is true. Yeah. That, I, mean, I think we, I think we learned that over the last couple of years, right? A lot of <laughs> very, very beneficial for us to be living in states that had legal weed. So mm-hmm. and I think also too, like, you know, since it's been legal, it's been really, it's been really great to see kind of the curtain pulled back on like who uses cannabis you know it's not it's not just dudes in rat t-shirts you know (laughs) like you know like it's not heavy metal parking lot it's like yeah it's just it's like it's every walk of life and it's a very beneficial it's a very beneficial in moderation that's right and and thank god because podcasters would be lost without it right jason i mean if 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 we (laughs) i don't know i don't know where we would be if you weren't i have not been uh, yeah i haven't been able to edit an episode of a podcast sober in months i mean the thought of it is asinine yeah it would be it would be bad for it would be bad for. yeah ben i feel like we'll we'll by the time this pod is done we have a lot of uh founders and ceos in the cannabis space who listen to this show so i'm sure you'll get a few pr emails Mm -hmm. we'll get some indica gummies sent over to the house real quick don't worry and maybe we can have our own you know, death cap strain or something like that. We'll we'll talk after the show. All right, so that'd be great if we can get that going. That'd be that would save me, you know, ten, uh, tens of tens of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you still live? You live in Seattle, right? I do. Yes. Now, did you ever live in New York or LA, or have you always stayed there? I lived in LA for three years, from two thousand eight to two thousand eleven. Um, hmm. uh, I was I was married when I lived here, and then you know it was kind of a leap of faith, and I I moved back to Seattle. I kind of I, I was like, okay, I'm never leaving Seattle again. This is my home. I think like I think people have those realizations where like they kind of get a little stagnant in their what's Seattle is essentially on my hometown. Mm-hmm. Life had gotten a little stagnant, and I was like, you know, the, my life had taken a crazy turn, and I ended up in L.A., which was you know the last place a lot of people ever thought I would be. <laughs> um, and I enjoyed it, and you know, I I, I got a, a lot of weird shit happened uh, when I was down here, and then and you know I was when I was driving home, kind of you know, kind of divorce haze. I was like, you know what? This is good. I belong in Seattle. This is my home. Like I'm never leaving again. How do you look at, how do you look at your kind of uh, courtship with like true celebrity? Was that like not for you or was it just kind of a fun thing to do for a little while and then it was over and it's all good? Uh, You know, I, I kind of, I kind of chalk that period of my life up to like, you know, just a massive leap of faith. Yeah. And, and sometimes those things work out and sometimes they don't, you know? Um, and you know, when, you know, Zoe and I were married, we moved very, things moved very quickly, you know, quicker, quicker than I ever, than I had ever, I'd ever moved before. Um, and you know, it was, you know, it was, there were some very good times and some not great times as, as, as one might imagine with sure. such a, that's every, yeah. I mean, that's just how it goes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just think that yeah, exactly that the, the added pressure of the situation. And especially if you're someone who's like, this is funny, but I don't love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is a little, <laughs> Oh no, 100%. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was like, you know, there, you know, there was, you know, being kind of like celebrity adjacent and kind of finding myself in circles with some, very famous people mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. in a in a town that feeds off of very famous people um it made me question why anybody that famous would live here <laughs> sure, you know like sure. it, I, I, <laughs> I mean i i had a friend you know a very very well-known friend who was driving their car down the street in la and a bike pulled out in front of them and, and crashed to the front of their car and they got out of the car and like oh my god are you okay and the person popped up with a camera and started taking photos of them. Oh, like the moment that that yes, happened, yes. I would be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like I'm not living here. This is madness, you know? Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, I, I guess, I guess there's kind of the people, some people have lived with it so long that they just kind of learned to deal, I guess, you know, but um, thankfully I, I'll tell you, this is, I'll say, here's a good story. Like I was, I was in LA living here and I was like, I was in, I was in some fucking like shopping center or whatever, looking for whatever I was looking for. 
And there was like the kind of place that had paparazzi. It was like an outdoor mall, right? Sure. We love those. We love those here. Maybe yeah, the Americana, like, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, uh, and you know, like there's a pop, it's a guys with cameras, paparazzi kind of like hanging out, you know, looking for somebody to take photos of. And I see one of them like see me and he turns to his friend and he's like, I can see them talking. And they're like, what they're trying to do is like, I think I know who that guy is. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm not quite sure. I think he's married to so-and-so. Is this guy worth the film? And no, well, and it's digital, right? So the guy just kind of goes like, <laughs> I see, I, 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 this is a true story. I see him, my shrug, battery. I, I see him shrug to his friend, pick up the camera and go snap, snap, and then put the camera back and continue with this conversation. And I was like that. He threw a couple of courtesy snaps Yeah, exactly, away. exactly. Yeah. And I was like, that's, and I was like, okay, it's like I'm flattered a bit, but that's a, that's an indication of my level of celebrity and or I should say more so my, you know, my level of, you know, the, how adjacent to celebrity I am. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, if this was film, I wouldn't waste it. But, you know, yeah, I got, you know, whatever. I got like a big, big memory card. I can erase these later. <laughs> my card, yeah. my card ain't full. It's all good. It's all good. I got 128 gigabytes here. <laughs> I think I'll be fine. It's been a slow, it's been, it's been a slow day at the Grove. I mean, like, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> um, now, now, I guess nowadays when you guys are traveling and touring all over the world, what country do you experience that sort of celebrity level fandom? Like where is it like South America is, is a big one for a lot of bands. I don't know, maybe Japan or something. Well, the first time we went to the Philippines in 2012, we played a show and we pulled it and we got to the venue and we came out on stage and it was like pandemonium. It was like Beatlemania. I was like, Oh my God. This is wild. And there are people, there are people at the hotel. I guess a lot of bands don't go there, right? Well, I, there, there's more to the story. So like, okay. so, you <laughs> know, it's like, it's like, it's like pandemonium. And it's like, you know, people are screaming. And I can't hear. And the people at the hotel, they're chasing us in the van. Wow. And we kind of turn to each other and like, wow, I guess we are very famous here. This is kind of like kind of feeling ourselves. Like, I guess we should come back to the Philippines. We're very famous here. I think I'm going to like the Philippines. <laughs> exactly. And we cut, so we come back three years later and we're like, here we go famous in the Philippines and we're headlining this festival and we, we show up at the festival and like, there are some local bands playing who are just like bands from around the corner, basically. And we notice that the crowd is doing the same thing. Like they're doing the same, like screaming, yelling, like Beatlemania thing. I was like, Oh, I see. This is just how it is here. We had this, like uh, we had this like kind of like specific experience in a bubble outside of knowing anything more about this culture um so we kind of thought that was fucking hilarious that we we were telling people back at home like we're really famous in the philippines guys i mean we're like the beatles back there and it's like no if you play music on stage this is how people act this is kind really of like, any band gets the same reception exactly yeah so no we don't there's nobody i mean i don't know we've always done well in germany for some reason but but in a you know the german people are a little more subdued Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> they like anything with the word death in the name over there. Yeah, and they they want you to play for a very long time. That's that's also something that they they want their money's worth. They want three encores. That that's what they want. That's Damn it's the, we were warned about that that first time we went over there. And it's like you gotta you gotta put in the work. German. They they expect a long set. Wow, I did. I've never heard. I've never heard that before. Three that three encores is too many. No offense to you. I mean, <laughs> you guys got songs, but Jesus Christ. I mean, look. By the time we're getting to the end of the set, we barely have one encore. So like. The idea that we're going to do three is like, all right, guys, if you guys want to hear like a couple deep cuts off the first record, I guess we can play those. We, we can do we can do that if we have to. We um on this program, uh, we we often ask our musician guests about a legendary sink that they either made a fortune on or turned down and regret. And I'm sure you have many of those stories from both Death Cab and Postal Service. You got a T-Mobile commercial. Something yeah. like that. Oh, I yeah. see. We a sink. I, I, when you first said it, I was thinking like of an actual sink. We're not talking about any Kohler products whatsoever. Yeah, sink with a Y. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I just recently and not that long ago, um, we the Pulse Service turned down a sink with uh, an airline company owned by a not a country that is not exactly. <laughs> Uh, cool when it comes to civil rights. Cool and uh, and uh, okay. they're not exactly cool. They're not exactly cool with uh, queer people or women okay. either. Okay. So we were like, you know what? Let's. I think we should probably. We okay. should probably. I think. How I think we money? can live with. How much was that Emirates? How much was the Emirates check going to be? Yeah. How <laughs> how much are we talking? Because like this, uh, it was it was it was a good. It was a it was a it was a solid. Mid six fingers. Oh, six figures I don't, oh so, yeah, it was oh. for yeah for a song that you guys wrote. What almost twenty years ago now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, it was it, it was like it was like let's you know we can build the pool in the backyard now, kind of money. You know, 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it was just, it's, you know, would not have felt good about it and would not have. And if you were looking at it from a merely kind of yeah. uh, p- position of self-preservation, um, it would not have been good in the world <laughs> for us to yeah. take that money. You know? and, and how awesome it must feel to be in a position where you can turn down, you know, a, a, a mid six figures payday for truly doing absolutely nothing except hitting yes on an email. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one, that's 100% not lost on me. I mean, we are in a very, privileged place that we get, we can even say no to those those kind of things so yeah it's, that's not lost on me at all yeah i remember actually one time i went to a pool party at at dintel's house and i remember being like damn this is crazy and i'm i'm the only thing i remember from it is there is there is a girl <laughs> making chilequiles in a walk and i was like damn that's the coolest thing i've ever seen in my life was that was his place that was was it at jimmy's place out in medina yeah had like the little kind of 70s like swinging kitchen kind of vibe yeah yeah, that place is awesome. Yeah. Great spot. Great spot. Chili Kill is in a walk. If you're listening, give it a try, guys. <laughs> I mean, that is a pretty advanced technique, and I don't know anything about cooking, but that seems like that seems like true fusion oh. in the kitchen. Yeah, you know, I, I take advantage of the right vessel. Was this like, was it, was this like you know, it's just like an Asian Mexican fusion kind of vibe that was going on? There, the only there Asian kind of part exciting, about it was the, the girl who was making the Chili Aquiles was Asian herself. Shout out to Carol. Um, <laughs> and the walk, of course, is a, is, a, is a cooking device, but no, it was just a straight up and down Chili Aquiles. That sounds that sounds rad. Oh, yeah, it was great. Give it a try, guys. Very interesting. Yeah. Do you uh, is, is the postal service other than getting like sinks and commercial things like that? Is is that door pretty much closed? I'm sure you have to hear this a lot. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been 20 years. You know, I think we had, we had attempted to start a second record in the year or so after the first one came out, and it became apparent pretty quickly that not only was that kind of this little snowflake of a record, but also that was also the time that death cab stuff was really starting to take off. And we were touring more than we ever had done before. And we had signed, we were signing to Atlantic and things were really starting to get crazy. And, uh, you know, I, I had written transatlanticism and, and my half of give up kind of in the same period in 2001, 2002, when death cab was on a long break. Um, and really, and, you know, I think that it was a very kind of incredibly creative, and kind of fruitful time Damn, for me. bro, that's fucking um, wild. <laughs> that's it's pretty wild. crazy, yeah. It was, but, you know, it was like I was, well, I was 25, 26, you know, like things were flowing like crazy and yeah. I had a lot of time on my hands. So, um, and you know, I just felt that like, you know, I'm already going to disappoint people with whatever we do after transatlanticism. I don't want to do that. <laughs> sure, I don't want to sure, do okay. that with give up okay. as well. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, even if it's good, they're going to be bummed. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's like, you know, at, first and foremost, I'm a fan of, music right and you know we all we all know what it's like to find that record by a band you love when you're 18 or whatever it is and you kind of, it just kind of becomes a soundtrack to your life and mm-hmm. and you know as the years progress it becomes more difficult to get that same hit you know either either from the artist themselves the band or just in mute from music you know because you kind of you get older you get you kind of get into other stuff you become a little you hear more music, you know, and the more music you hear, you become more discerning. Sure. And at my age now, I'm 46. I mean, you know, enough music has kind of come back around, not two, but three times. Yeah. And, and that's great for people who are young listening to a band that sounds like Jesus and Mary Chain, right? But I was listening to Jesus and Mary Chain. So <laughs> yes, it's, yes. it's rare that, you know, it's rare that a band that has like been copied two or three times over that the third iteration of that is going to, there's going to be something for me in that and that's fine it doesn't make it bad it just means it's not for me but death cab death cab you guys never you guys never broke up right you just kept trucking and like you take some time off here and there but there was never like an extended extended break no i mean the longest break that we've taken was probably like a year of not playing shows but you know i all the while i've been kind of writing and working on material for the band with the idea that we'd get back you know never like a Never, never, we never, yeah, we never did like an LCD sound system or anything like that. You know, we never, thank God, (laughs) thank God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I I like that because I think that because of the, I remember when all the bands started to reunite and I was like, these motherfuckers, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I was a little bit, I was a little bit upset. And then I started to divide it by, if you never made money the first time, then I accept you reuniting and cashing in. Hmm. That was where I, that's, that's where I started to kind of draw the line. Um, that being said, I saw Morrissey a couple months ago in Vegas and he was fucking amazing. Sounded great. So like, I, I, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to go into things. I'm, I'm always expected to be disappointed. Then sometimes I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. Well, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure that we would see the, the number of reunion 
tours and whatnot that we've been seeing over the last 10 or 15 years if if the model was still selling records right mm-hmm. i mean you know i mean it's like if you were you know if you were like a popular band in the 90s i mean if you were rem in the 90s I and mean, they were selling tens of millions of albums you know and they went they went two records without touring like five years without doing <laughs> that's so sick any show that's so sick we're all good guys we're all set we're still counting our money we don't have time to tour and in that time in, in <laughs> exactly. that period you put out out of time and automatic for the people both of both of which were massive albums huge um, huge but yeah. you know I, I think if you're you know if you're a band that certainly a band that if you were kind of active towards the end the end of the album sales era and the beginning of the streaming era you know playing live is is the main source of revenue for virtually every musician who doesn't have publishing yeah. so um you know i i mm-hmm. it's what i find what i find kind of a little bit you know annoying from time to time is when i see chatter that's like people who kind of don't know what they're talking about saying like, look, all bands you do is just go on tour. And then when the bands go on tour, they're like, can you believe these guys are still fucking touring? I'm like, yeah, I 100% can. I 100% can because like, they're trying to buy diapers for their children. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Like let them. Yeah. Or like these guys are just trying to get rich. It's like, no, they have a mortgage. They're trying to pay on like a 1500 square foot yeah. house in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And they're just trying to make it, you know, make a living and kind of avoid. And well, I think there's also something, I think that like the festival explosion, like really fuels it too you know like when you need when there's a festival every weekend in every country for eight months of the year and you need headliners there's only so many names to pull from and a lot of those are are older and yeah and i think also too like i what's been cool to see from my perspective is how a lot of these festivals have become very highly curated um you know to the point Mm -hmm. to the extent where i think there was a you know i saw a festival that had that i guess it was earlier in the spring in vegas that was all like you know, screamo and emo bands from like mm-hmm. oh two to oh five or whatever. Oh Ben, yeah, we were we, we were supposed to be on that actually uh, as as a podcast partner, but they didn't quote unquote <laughs> get it. You know, so um, you know that being said, they didn't get that. But some of those bands that they booked, I don't get them. So it's, I guess it goes both ways. But yeah, it's super. They did three. They're doing. I think they ended up doing three days of the exact same lineup. That's how popular it was. Yeah, and it's great. I mean, it's like that's not music that I'm particularly into, but at the same time, like, <laughs> good, but dude, good for good for the fans of that music and good for the bands. You know, it's like that to me. That I think that we're gonna, I think we're gonna move away. I think we're slowly gonna be moving away from outside of you know the the, the big fest, the Coachellas and the Bonnaroo's and whatever. Mm-hmm. While blueses, you know, there's like three or four like marquee festivals that have now you know are mostly pop music with a little bit of rock music and nostalgia but it's mostly contemporary stuff to smaller festivals smaller footprints that are very specific to a, a genre or an, or an era yeah and you know i i think that's great because i mean certainly we will certainly at some point be headlining one of those oh so. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you're like you're like i'm paying it forward baby because in a couple of years you know i'm gonna take the check it's totally fine <laughs> it, it does make a lot of sense the only downside that i've found because i think it's amazing and like i think golden voice here in la does a lot of really good curated ones where they had a, a morrissey headline one and then like 50 goth bands and then it's just like okay that's just a home run you know yeah for sure but for when, the, the only one issue i've seen which is a small one is like when every band is who you want to see then there's a lot of like moments where you have to choose between you know two bands that you love where that like we were i was watching the strokes play while Godspeed You Black Emperor was also playing. Oh yeah, see that's a t- that's a tough choice. That's that's a tough choice. That's a tough choice. Yeah, tough but choice. even yeah. Julian was like, I would I why are you guys here? I, you should be watching Godspeed You Black Emperor. That's a tough choice for 50 people that listen to this podcast <laughs> and maybe the three of us, but yeah, you're right. It's a tough choice. Overall, it's a tough choice. But you know, if it, if it's between Thursday and Poison the Well, then you're you're going to be <laughs> biting your nails, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, I, you know, I have seen I have we have done a lot of festivals over the years with the strokes and, and I've never seen Godspeed. So I, no, I, I, I think that I, I saw them one <laughs> years ago. Uh, but, uh, but I, I, I think like just, you'd have to go, you have to ratio it, right? It's like, okay, I've seen the strokes five mm-hmm. times. I've seen Godspeed one time. Until these ratios are equal, yeah, like I'm going to choose the lesser of these two things, the, the one I've seen the least. Amen. It's a good, it's a good logic to have. Uh, I also want to talk to you about Teenage Fan Club um, because, uh, you know, they're one of my favorite bands and uh, I feel like they're really underappreciated and underrepresented. 
Uh, and I know you you recently covered bandwagon esque all the way through, which makes me think you're a real head. Is that safe to say? They're my favorite band of all time. Yes. Oh, baby. Okay. Yeah. Wow. We yeah. got a real one on our hands, TJ. Um, oh, wow. Now, why do you think? Why do you think that Teenage Fan Club is is a band's band, and why they never broke through? Because I would, I mean, you know, if you got Kurt Cobain talking about you, you got Ben Gibbard talking about you, what's the problem? <laughs> I, I, you know, t- you know, Teenage Fan Club is kind of. I, I feel that they are a perfect distillation of some of the greatest kind of their their sphere of influence is, you know, what, you know, some of the greatest bands that people who are into records like mm-hmm. uh, i mean big star being one of the more obvious ones mm-hmm. and it's like you know there are only so many big star yeah, records of course. and then this band comes out in the late 80s early 90s that is kind of the, the culmination of all of these wonderful influences but also writing just brilliant vibrant songs so catchy that's my thing the songs are hits so they're that's all what makes hits. Me crazy but their, but their songs are hits in like an alternative dimension you know it's like it's it's it, in, in in the dimension yeah. that their songs are kids in <laughs> are the one where Casey Kasem is saying, and that's the number one song in the country, September Girls by Big Star. You know, like that that world that world never exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So you know, they, they I think they really appeal to people like my, you and I who you know I, I clearly are like our heads and like who you know want new music that is kind of based built out of a tradition of other music that we love. And you know, the thing that's so wild about Teenage Fan Club to me is like, you know, I would meet people who are like in noise bands, you know, who you would assume they just hate music. Like who are in the kind of bands that like, oh, I'm in this, like, why are you in this no wave band? Oh, because I hate music. Yeah, I just kind of hate it. Sure, you know? sure, sure. But I, you know, um, but, but but they'll be like, but I'll see, I would see them like at Teenage Fan Club shows. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? It's like, they're my favorite band. What are you talking about? It's like Interesting. They, they're this they're this bizarre connective tissue between all mm-hmm. so many different genres, people who play different genres of music and 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 they they just never they just have never made a bad record in my opinion. No, I agree. I mean, some are better than others, but when it's too good, it's too good. That's what it is. They don't make bad records. Yeah. I mean, they're not super sexy. You know what I mean? It's not like a, I think that that's kind of the thing too it's like it feels almost like a working man's band's band and that's like what they've stayed and maybe that's better maybe that's why they're still making music if they, if they would have you know burned out bright early they might not still so they're still making music are they still playing shows yeah yeah they they one of their uh jerry love who is one of the three songwriters in the band quit uh three or four years ago so but they're still going and uh you know in it's like you know uh, you know i as a fan i'm sad to that Jerry's no longer in the band, but that just means I get more Norman songs, you know? So, um, yeah, they're still going. They're still great. I guess, uh, to, to put, uh, to put those guys on, on Beatles terms, you know, who's, who's the, who's the George, who's the Paul mm-hmm. in that situation? Um, you know, I would, I, I would say that, uh, Raymond is the George. He had, there usually has less songs in the records, but they're usually pretty punchy and pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that Jerry was the, Jerry was the Paul mm-hmm. always with the, he, a lot of the singles were his, you know, and then, uh, that, and Norman would be the John. Got it. Okay. Good job. Both of you for that, Jason. Great question. Ben, great answer. I love pot. Thank you. Thank I you. love podcasting. Ben, <laughs> have you guys, have you guys, have you guys played live with, with teenage fan club? Yeah. We, I'm, I'm kind of, over the years I've become buddies with Norman. Um, and I got, uh, okay. last time they, this, this is, this is so, this, <laughs> So uh, about five years ago, uh, Teenage Fan Club was doing a, a tour of, in the States and Norman reached out to me and asked, he was like, hey, um, our, our, our keyboard player and th- third guitar player also plays in Bell and Sebastian and they have a tour booked at the same time. Would you be, would you want to join the band for this like two week US tour? Oh, sick. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, yes, I would fucking love to do that and then i looked at death cab's tour schedule and the oh. only two weeks the only two weeks we were touring that year was <laughs> was during the teenage fan club dates um so i you know i of course like being asked in the first place was unbelievably flattering and i would have done it in a heartbeat but i was able to kind of like i recommended my friend michael lerner who plays in a band called telekinesis mm. And I was like, you know, Michael would also be great to do it. And, and Norman was like, okay, yeah, cool. We'll have him do it. <laughs> and, you know, to be able to kind of, you know, I was, of course, and I got to see one of the shows on the tour because I had a day off. Um, and I was, you know, of course, like, 
I would have loved to have been up there, but to see Michael up there having a great time and having this be like an equally mm-hmm. transcendent experience yeah. in his life, like he cared about the band so much, it made me, it, you know, it was bittersweet, but I was really happy for Michael. And, all, and also, uh, Teenage Fan Club did whatever you told them to do, and that probably feels pretty good too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was kind of yeah, like the Kim Fowley of Teenage Fan Club. I was like, look, mm-hmm. look, guys, I'll tell you what you're going to do. Like, we're not asking anybody else. Yeah. Gibbard told us to hire you, so we yeah, called but, you. I don't but, even know if you have a keyboard. Yeah, but a couple of years later, I got to get on stage with them and do everything flows in the concept. Mm. So, you know. It was it was it was cool. It was cool. What if Teenage Fan Club said, "Hey, Teenage Fan Club, Postal Service, co-headlining tour. We're going to say yes. We're going to say no." Oh, of course, a yes. I mean, that's a, that's a big yes. Yeah, yeah. We'll come out of retirement for that. All right, Golden Voice. I know you're listening. Let's get this thing done. Yeah, let's figure this out. Ben needs a new pool anyway, so this kind of goes. This yeah, that's kinda... that demographic that the, the elusive Teenage Fan Club Postal Service kind of like. Venn diagram. That have been, that yeah. have been. Oh, the, we're going to sell out so many 200 cap venues. Don't worry, sweetheart. <laughs> we got Ben back at Mercury Lounge one night only. Uh, it's going to be great. You guys make sure to get your tickets. Tickets still available. Tickets still available. Low ticket alert. There are a, there are a low amount of tickets sold. <laughs> uh, what is the... Now, while you're in L.A. doing this press, you know, your old stomping grounds, what what spots are you hitting? I, I'm sure there's a couple mm. of restaurants, you know, like a it scratch that L.A. itch while you're down in the big city. Uh, you know, I haven't had any time to do anything fun. Um, but, you know, the, the things that, the things that I loved when I was here, I loved I loved going to New Beverly. Um, I, okay. I loved that theater. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels it feels like every time I come back, the programming is. I, it's not as uh, it's it's not as conducive to what I'd want to see that than it was when I was living here. I think it was a little. Mm. It's gotten a little kind of action filmy, like kind of like mm. spaghetti westerny action filmy kind of. It got too Tarantino y. A little Tarantino. Yes, yes. A little. It, 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 <laughs> it tilt. It, it, it's a peak Tarantino, which is great for him and his uh, fans. But mm-hmm. um, can only take so much kung fu. Only so much. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, there's a restaurant in the valley called Asanebo that I go with. I go to with Jenny Lewis all the time when she's okay, here. Yeah. Great. Love that place. But uh, I haven't been able to get there. Man, you know, and I just spent a lot of time in Griffith Park, like running in Griffith Park. Love yeah. that. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, just this has been such an in and out trip. It's like in and I'm, you know, I'm just doing press all day. And then we're like bail the night. Well, you're luckily you're you're right next you're right next door to the hottest restaurant in L.A. Uh, if you want to get your you know your Italian on, Mother Wolf is just right next door. And I I have to we have to recommend it. We would be we'd be remiss not to recommend it. Okay, do you have a do you have an in there that you could like? Uh, you, uh, could- you know, it might be a little last minute, Ben. To be honest with you, but I think your PR person's on the phone. Put them to work. You know what I mean? Make the kind of get them in there. <laughs> those those people Atlantic Records can they can throw some weight around. I'm sure. Ben, I can do five fifty. Team at the bar, if that works for you. <laughs> one top, it's a one top. No, if you, yeah, I, I, I think you guys might be like wildly over uh, overstating uh, my my influence in the uh, in the world to be like, ah, oh, we've got the yeah, I'm calling for Atlanta Records. We've got the guys from Death Cab. Yeah, that band from 20 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're in town. Yeah, they're in town. Yeah, they could. We got five fifteen on Saturday. Or like, oh, oh, the runner. Yeah, 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 yeah. No problem. <laughs> no, I think that. But it is. You could probably sneak in early. It really is delicious, though. I, I all, all joking aside. Okay. It, it really is. Right. It is nice. But I'm I'm glad that you have a few haunts. But you don't. It's good that you're sober because the wine list is not cheap. Yeah, we have a story <laughs> where we got <clears throat> we got blindsided by a, a wine charge, and we're still recommending. We're still recommending the restaurant. That's how nice we are. What What was the charge? How much was the How much was Was it a buy the bottle? It was like you buy the bottle if the guy recommended one. So was- I'll, I'll tell you the story real quick. A, a friend of ours who goes there all the time. He has like this this bottle. Of, it's he's he's from Sicily, so he he knows his legit Italian wine. And and there's like a bottle. It's maybe around eighty or ninety bucks that he loves. And I think they happen to be out of it at that time. So he's like, oh, you know, recommend something you know similar in that range. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got something for you. Brings out a bottle. We taste it. I'm like, oh, it's good, blah, blah, blah. We had a big group, so we ordered another bottle. And, and no, nobody decided to tell us that each bottle was like $260 or something like that. <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah, yeah. So the- and Chris doesn't drink. So, you know, he basically had some pizza and, uh, and some salads. And, uh, you know, he, he probably put 400 something dollars on the Amex that day. And then you were like, then you were like, uh, then you were like, uh, okay, so we're splitting this bill, right? We're doing, no, of course. We're yeah, that's, what they, that's what they always do to me because they know that I love to spend money even when it's um, mm-hmm. ill-advised or stupid. I tell him, you know, I'll get the tip and he says, no, no, no. Don't be, don't be ridiculous. I just, Ben, I, I just hate to look cheap. It's, it's really my greatest fear is to be seen as cheap. 
Um, so I do things that are uh, affect me negatively to kind of make sure. Whereas mine is going too far out into the ocean. I have no problem. Being but see, that's but see, that there therein lies this kind of like uh, this kind of issue with the ordering of wine at a restaurant. It's like I've I, I don't think I've ever been with somebody. I mean, I'm talking like in my when I was you know I'm talking like shitty you know cheap Italian restaurant all the way to like we're going out for a nice dinner kind of level of mm-hmm. meal where anybody's asked how much the bottle of wine was. It's like something that you're almost like, like if you have to ask yeah. then you don't belong here kind mm-hmm. of thing. So you yeah. want to play along with it. And it seems sure. like a, it's a, it's a place of a, a lot of people get taken advantage of a lot in that kind of, in that kind of scenario. Right. Absolutely. It's just like, Oh yeah, sure. Oh, you can recommend something. Sure. Well, I'd love to know what your recommendation of the person who makes money on the more expensive bottles of wine being sold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The system is flawed. And surely you stand. won't admit how poor you are Absolutely, by, yeah. uh, by protesting the price of this wine. Yeah, you don't look bad in front of your friends. You don't look poor in front of your friends. Yeah. Jenny Lewis might not invite you to Asanebo anymore. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I can't, I can't, not get invited to, to Austin Abel with Jenny Lewis. That'd be bad. Uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our mutual friend, Brendan Casey, for kind of making this intro too, Ben. Um, uh, I just, uh, you know, we could have gone through the proper channels, but I'm glad we had a personal connection, you know? Yeah, Brendan, Brendan's awesome, man. I, you know, I, we've, we've been friends for the last couple of years. We kind of met through some mutual uh, friends, like during the pandemic and like mm-hmm. uh, him and Amber are just the best. Like I, we, we hang out all the time. Uh, you know, Amber, uh, Amber is my sports wife. Uh, as we, we, wow, this is a new, uh, okay. Yeah. So, so Rachel, my wife, doesn't care to go to, you know, Seattle Sounders matches or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she'll go to baseball games and stuff, but you know, she's, she's not like a, she's a, uh, if there's wine involved, as we've stated before, she'll go pretty much anywhere. Um, but, uh, you know, but there's not wine at Sounders matches. Unless she brings it herself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can sneak it in, I guess. But, you know, I don't, you, you may or may not know Brendan and Amber have season tickets for the Seattle Sounders. So, of course we knew that. Of course we knew um, that. You know, they're like, hey, we got, they got, hey, we, <laughs> yeah, of course. Hey, we got, we, we, we got an extra ticket. You want to go? And, and so we've established this relationship where she is my sports wife, where we will we'll go to, if Brendan can't make a game, like, yeah, I'll go. I'll be like a sports husband for the night, you know? So, um, and, and they're just awesome. So we just, I just saw them last week. We Seattle was under a cloud of smoke. So uh, Amber and a couple of our friends came over, watched Sounders at our house. And then we went down and visited Brendan at the wine shop. So yeah, it's, they're, they're awesome people. I love, you're just a really well-rounded cat, man. I gotta say, I, you know, cause as much as I like music, I can't, I can't be bothered to like sports. Uh, it's just not for me. Um, but I'm, I'm impressed by your, your, your wide range of interests. Ben does it all. Ben does it all. You know, some, some have called me, some have called me a modern, modern day renaissance man. That's just some people, you know, <laughs> okay. some people will call me that. You could call me that in the intro, you know, whatever, you know, you could do that. You could call me okay. that. Certified I mean, I raconteur. I'll check Spin I'll check Spin Magazine 2005, and I'll, I'm sure they said that. I'm sure they said yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, ben, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure. Um, the new Death Cab for Cutie album, Asphalt Meadows, is out uh, everywhere tomorrow. Are you guys going on tour as well? Yeah, we'll be on the road starting the 21st in Madison, and then kind of doing a big loop around the country and then head heading to Europe in the spring. But Dude, yeah, doing the whole thing. All right, Great. man. Well, look, enjoy your time in L.A. and uh, we'll see you soon, man. Appreciate you. All right, sounds good. Yep, talk to you guys later.